guys, welcome to Sales Beats Podcast. We're here today with one of my favorite people in the world, Justin Sawicki, and in my opinion, the best buyer agent in Hamilton. Best buyer agent I have ever met. This guy is an absolute rock star, and we're uh, super grateful to have him here today. Awesome. Thank you, Justin. Thank you. If any of that, if even a tenth of that stuff is true, I'm a, a half-decent guy. Thank you. And thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it, guys. Well, my question to you guys is what took you so long? Like I should have been the first guest, no? That's true. Well, You're not the first person that said that. You uh, night and boys are cocky. I think Chris told us the same thing. Daniela is the only humble one in your group, obviously. You know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm messing with you. Yeah, so we should have gotten you on here a long time ago. The reason we wanted to get you on is because you're, yeah, you're absolutely crushing it on the buy side. It's the opposite of what I do. I have no idea how you do it. So we just want to talk to you and figure it out. Sure. Um, well, what, what specifically? So should we do an intro first? I think we should turn it over to Justin. Kind yeah. Of a little bit of intro. Let us know who he is, what he's got going on in his life. You gotta, gotta build the street cred before we start asking you questions. So sure, can you yeah, yeah, tell us a little bit about how long you've been in the business, what level of production you yeah, so do in terms of Yeah, so been in the business unit. for uh, four and a half years or five years. So when I came into the business, I was wearing a lot of hats. So it was real estate was just one of those hats that I was wearing. Uh, I was working at Canada Post. I was delivering the mail. I was, uh, I was teaching guitar. I, my degrees are in music, so um, I made my living doing that uh, for many years and, and still play, uh, you know, sporadically now with my family and, and kids and stuff like that. And, and obviously with COVID, nobody's really doing anything. Um, but, uh, so I was doing that. I was teaching, I was playing gigs. I was working at Canada post and I was trying to be a realtor and anybody, which is hilarious. Um, so it, it's, uh, it's very hard to be successful, uh, in real estate in anything really, but especially in real estate when real estate isn't your main focus. Um, and it's a huge disservice to your clients as well. You know, you, if you're going to get your brain operated on, you don't want to go to the brain surgeon who also does hands, backs, feet, and knees, right? Like, you want the guy who's only doing brains every day, all day, all the time. That's what he does. So I've kind of taken that, um, that idea when you're asking me about a buyer agent. <clears throat> I like doing that. So I like working just on the brain, you know, just on buyers nonstop all day, every day. It allows me to, uh, in my opinion, just do the best job for, for my clients. Um, you know, you start to see similarities and you're able to see, you're able to navigate things a lot easier for your clients and, and just get really good at, at one specific thing. Um, and I know that's, that's not the thing that everybody wants to do, but, you know, it, it's, uh, it works for me. You know what? It's, uh, I really enjoy that. So, Basically, I did that for the first year or so um, and wasn't really getting anywhere in real estate. I was um, doing a lot of uh, leases. I think I did 25 leases my first year um, and I was struggling uh, and I was looking at joining a, a real estate team at that time and interviewed with a few people and interviewed, uh, chatted with Chris Knighton. 
very briefly, and Chris Knighton never got back to me. He says that he was testing me to see if I, how much I wanted it. And I guess I didn't want, I mean, I didn't really know that's what you were supposed to do, right? So I just thought, well, I guess this guy isn't really interested and, and that's okay. And then um, they had an opening. Chris had an opening at a team member. Um, something was going on and um, they had, Bold had just started and, and all this stuff. And I was really serious now at this time. I was like, I need to stop. Uh, wearing so many hats and I'm ready to just wear the real estate hat now. And, and I, um, to me, it's, it only made sense for me to join a team and be around people that were producing at a high level, get around an environment where I could learn uh, quickly and, and how to do things. Um, so I met, uh, so I, Chris and I sat down and basically uh, he, uh, he told me, uh, one thing which always stuck with me, he said, quit your fucking job. <laughs> and that's exactly what he said. And we chatted a little bit about it. So at that time I was working at Canada Post and I said, I totally get it, but you know what? I, hey, I have to give them two weeks. So he's like, I need you to quit your job. I need you. At, this was Thursday. He said, I need you at the Monday morning meeting and then I need you at Bold on Tuesday. So I said, hey, I can appreciate that, but, you know, I got to give my employers at least two weeks. And on the ride home from his house um, in my head, I thought, do I? Do I really have to give them two weeks? Uh, I know that that's a nice thing to do, but if I'm looking out for me, I have this amazing opportunity. So I went home, I chatted uh, with my wife, uh, who was just, uh, we had a, a one-year-old at that time. My son was one. Uh, her mat leave had just run up, so it was a big decision. I was giving up basically all of my guaranteed income to to jump into something that there was no guarantees. And uh, her and I both decided that it was, you know, the time was right to do it. And uh, so I handed in my resignation on uh, on Friday morning. Said I'm going to finish this shift, but uh, you guys won't see me ever again. And that was it. And I was at the Monday morning meeting uh, with the Knighton team then. We're now Knighton Real Estate Advisors. And came in as the new guy on Monday morning uh, at the Monday morning meeting and went to Bold on Tuesday. And basically, that was the start of uh, so many incredible changes uh, in my life that I'm so grateful for. And, and uh, that was a huge step for me. And, and uh, yeah, it was, ended up being incredible. Amazing. That was the long version of the story. <laughs> the very long version, but we enjoyed every minute of it. <laughs> so how, um, so you joined the night team, how'd that first year play out for you? How many, I assume you worked with only buyers when you started. How yeah. many? I mean, we, like we have our, you know, different splits and stuff like that that we have. So when we get a listing, we refer it to the team, um, and we are compensated on that. So it, uh, I mean, I don't think it counts for, for board stats or anything like that, but um, for team stats, it does. So that year, so that was October. Uh, I came in um, to kind of learn some of the systems. I mean, our team is drastically different today than it was then. Basically, Chris threw me in a room and gave me a laptop and said, you know, this is, mo this is the mojo dialer. Uh, get dialing. Um, you know, and that was it. And, and, you know, I would run out and be like, what do I say? 
Um, so stuff like that, whereas now we have systems for onboarding and, and for new people coming in there. Um, so what did that first year look like? I mean, the, the end of that year uh, was good. I, I think I, I, you know, I came out and, and December was a huge month for me that year. I remember doing, you know, five or six transactions. And then that my first full year, I was the top producer on the team. And I've been the top producer on our team every year since. So it's, I don't have the stack. I mean, Chris is the stack guy. He keeps, he's got the stats for previous years. It's as soon as the year is gone for me, it's like everything goes back to zero and I'm worthless on January 1st. And I need to kind of prove my worth again. That's how I kind of look at it. So you're being humble right now and you're beating around the bush. You're not telling me the number I want to hear. How many buyer deals do you do in a year on average? Do I, uh, so this year I'm on pace for about 40 buyers. Unbelievable. That's insane. <clears throat> um, and then the listings on top of that. So yeah. I think I've done, I don't know how many so far. So Justin, for you, like what, what is your time allowance with every buyer? Like, are you taking them out on showings? Do you have a showing assistant model on your team? What does that look like right now? Yeah. No, I am. I'm taking them out on showings. I, to be honest with you, I don't do a lot of showings. Um, I'm not out there. Um, I'm not out there every night showing multiple properties. Um, we do a lot of uh, qualifying and a lot of talking about why it is that somebody wants a certain thing. And um, my buyers really understand that there's not a need to see a lot of property. There's only a need to see the right properties. And until the right ones pop up, uh, there's no need to kind of get into a panic. So, um, you know, we, we spend a, a lot of time. I really stress that, you know, it's you really need to understand why it is that you want something before you can kind of go out. So we have a system, uh, you know, that, that I use and I've helped kind of develop that. I, I show the other people on the team uh, as well, especially in my new role. Um, but uh so yeah, I, I don't do a lot of showings. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I mean, uh, most times I'm home, you know, I'm home for dinner uh, lots of times. And I mean, obviously, Hey, as a buyer agent, you're at the, like people work nine to five a lot of times. So you're doing a showing or two after work or, or whatever on your way home. But uh, it's, it's very rare that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not showing people like tens of properties. What do you do specifically to, to ensure that you don't have to show people lots of properties it's about setting the expectation you know it's just about showing them and and asking questions and showing them why it's a better way to do things um you know it's much like this is easier to do than <clears throat> excuse me than all of us trying to get together and and figure it out right like it's um mm. so it, it, and that's the same way it's it's the Listen, there's so much information that's accessible through the internet. And I mean, if you're a new, if you're a first time home buyer, a little bit different because you don't have that experience, right? So sometimes you have to, you have to narrow it down to certain things that they're looking for before they can really decide what it is that they actually want. So you might, maybe you narrow it down to three specific types of things like maybe they're looking for, you know, an interior townhouse and they're looking for something like, you know, in the north end of Hamilton. It's all in a price point. So once they kind of see what's available in that price point, 
they know right away what is going to be the most comfortable for them. And some people want to go and see, and I'm like, in your heart of hearts, what house are you moving into? What house are you living in next year? And they're like, it's a townhouse because I don't want to do work. And I like the comforts of not being able to do anything. And I'm like, perfect. Then you know what, guys? Why don't we not look at that other house today and these other ones? Because you know in your heart of hearts, <clears throat> even if it's awesome, you're always going to compare it against a townhouse, which is never going to match up. So why don't we just shift our focus to interior townhouses and we go that way? How does that sound? And they're like, to that totally makes sense. Like, thank you. And then you, and narrow that, down, you know, it's only townhouses now that we're looking at. And does that process of narrowing down and figuring out what's in their heart of hearts happen when you're showing them houses or does it all start with a buyer consult? It can, you know, I mean, it definitely starts in the buyer consult, right? And sometimes you got to do more than one, right? Like it's buyer consults. <laughs> you're yeah. continually doing it. Uh, because just like us, um, there's nothing, you know, we're, it, there's nothing permanent. So, and buyers are constantly learning. And if they're constantly learning about themselves, that's a good thing, you know? And, and it's not to say that I never show a lot of, of properties because sometimes it doesn't matter what you say or what you do. It's just, that's the way that that person needs to, to do it. Right. Um, and you, you try to aid them the best that you can, you know, you're, you're there to guide them. Um, mm. So I'm not super married to like, this is my way. This is the Sawicki way to do it. And you're either jumping on board or you're getting the hell out of town. Like, I don't do that. I sit and learn and talk to my people and get to know them and build a relationship and figure out how, how I can support. I'm there to support them. They're not there to do what I want, right? I, I'm the professional, so they're hopping on my back, but I'm there to, to guide them and, and, and work with them and with their personalities, right? And, and learn what that is. So, so if you don't know that, it's really difficult. We've all had clients where it's like, eh, it's because you, you're wearing the wrong hat. You know, you, you, you really got to put a different hat on sometimes. And sometimes I'm having conversations with clients where I can't believe what I'm saying, but my client's going, yes, yes, you know, thank you. And in my head, I'm going like, you know, you, you almost have to become a different person sometimes to communicate with people. What are your top qualifying questions when you're actually sitting down with a buyer? What are your favorite ones that really pull deep information or dis like discover their motivation when you're doing those buyer consults with them? It's always why. It's never what. You know, okay. everybody wants the what. So like if somebody wants a backyard, it's, well, why is that important to you? Well, it's so my, it's so, you know, whatever. It's so my kids have a place to play. Okay. Well, why is that important to you? Well, you know, I want my kids to be happy. Then you, you realize, okay, so it's family that's important to them. It's not, it's not the backyard necessarily that it means that they're family people. So that's great. And you can say, Hey, that totally makes sense because I, I want the same thing for my family too. So I get that, you know, and now you understand each other and you're like them too. Right. So it's, um, yeah, I mean, I always try to get to the why, you know? Um, and I mean, every client's different. Obviously that's going to be a little bit different with investors. I know you guys work with tons of investors and, and I do as well a little bit. Um, but, um, 
but yeah, I mean, that's it. I really, really try to understand why it's important for them. And sometimes they don't even know. And part of the battle with buyers is getting them to, to, to figure it out. So another thing that I do with, with buyers is I get them to do a, um, like a, a must have and a would like to have analysis because every house is going to have, you know, your, your, your need to haves or must haves. There's going to be about five of those. The house needs to have all five and you're going to have a list of about five would like to haves. And any person that buys a house is, is going to have two or three would like to haves as well. And it's usually the would like to haves that kind of muddy up, and and confuse a buyer as to what they actually want you know so if you're so an exercise that i give people you know after a buyer console is i let them do it i said you guys sit there you know especially if it's a couple and i can see that maybe one wants something and another one maybe doesn't or they're not on the same page i'm like there's a great exercise for you guys do it tonight and then send it to me so that i can see it also gets me to see how serious they are because if they don't send that to me, that means that maybe they're not that serious. But the serious buyers get bad and I have it to me within a couple hours. And I know, okay, these guys are high priority. They want to get going, which is awesome. So, yeah, sorry. No, that's okay. Go ahead. No, no, that, so I mean, does that help? Yeah, no, that definitely helps. I, like I think what you, the picture you just painted is extremely different than the way you'd see most agents running their business. I think for most, the call comes in, someone wants to see the house, don't ask them any questions about what they're looking to accomplish and you take them out and show them houses. Well, um, yeah, cause it's, you know, because that's, that's where all the feels happen, right? Because it's the rush of doing the deal. Um, but, uh, you know what, if you, if you don't understand, it doesn't really feel that great anyway because you, you're like, what the hell did I just do? Like, I don't know, I sold somebody a house. I've never sold anybody anything. You know, I've helped a lot of people get to the next phase of life or I've helped them through a difficult time or I've helped them move into their family home or, you know, get to the spot where they're going to make memories. Um, but I've never sold anybody anything. Do you think it's that process and the time you take to understand what they truly want and get to know the people is what allows you to operate at such an efficient level? Maybe. I mean, it's my passion, right? So I'm passionate. I don't, I tell my clients, I'm like, I really don't give a shit about houses, to be honest with you. Like I've been in a bunch of them and I get in there and I'm like another house. You know what I mean? But my passion is you. My passion is people and helping people. And that's what I enjoy. So I enjoy learning about people. I enjoy um, talking with people and, and that's what I like to do. I like to hang out. Um, <clears throat> and the house is just, obviously it's, it's what we do now with that said, I obviously know a lot about it and it's not that I'm clueless or anything like that, you know, but it's that, you know, the house and, and that it, that's not my passion. My passion is helping, you know, people. Mm. So I'm very, where, uh, so you help a ton of people buy houses every single year. How, how do you manage to help that many? Like there, there has to be some method you use to build efficiency into your processes. What is it? Well, you could, not only are like you're finding all these people that want to buy houses and then you're selling them houses. You could stack up a hundred qualified buyers in front of me. There's no way I close for it. Not a chance. <laughs> um, 
Um, yeah, well, hey, man, I mean, I'm super fortunate to be on the team that I'm on too, right? So we have, like, our admin staff is incredible. Um, our, um, yeah, like, it's, like, they take care of, I don't even know where the paperwork goes. I have no idea. Like, I know it goes somewhere because <laughs> they got to put it somewhere to, to make sure that the checks come in. But it's honestly, like, Montana is incredible. And, you know, our, our, you know, just obviously we haven't done open houses for a while, but the systems that we have, I mean, Chris went out and bought a truck so that we could make sure that we get the proper amount of signage out for our open houses so that we were doing not only the best job for our clients, but able to, to support the buyer team as well, who, you know, open houses were, I mean, were, and they're starting to become again. I'm going to do a, another a live open house, you know, during the COVID time, which I did one a few weeks ago and it, you know, people were okay with it. You know, it was obviously everybody's suited up in the proper way and, and cleaned up and, and, you know, a little bit of different procedure, but for the most part, uh, everybody's cool with that. So, I mean, the, the help of, of the team, like there's, I don't think I could do it on my own. You know, I, I don't, not that I don't think, there's no way in hell I could. I should restate that. You know, there's no possible way. So would you say that open houses were like your main lead generation pillar? And maybe talk about how that's changed for you now. Where are your buyers coming from? Where are you sourcing your 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 next transaction, the next people that you're going to be working with? Great question. Um, I am mostly referral and past client based now at this point. Um, I still do, uh, I mean, we still take internet leads. I don't, I'll be honest with you. It's not, I'm not great at it. Um, you know, I, I do what I can, but, uh, they're tricky. Um, but, uh, you know, that's, so that's something that I've kind of been working on, uh, recently and trying different things. Um, I know you guys uh, kind of do that at a high level, but, um, yeah, open houses were for sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, a, a lot of past clients, um, switched over from open houses more to social media. Um, and that's been, uh, you know, that's been a, um, you know, lead gen stream for sure, uh, lately. So, um, but mostly, you know, past relationships and sphere, you know? So what does that lead generation for you look like? Are you calling your sphere every day? What, what kind of habits have you built upon yourself? To yeah. Those heavy, heavy follow-up always, always follow up. I mean, in, in anything it's, you can lead gen until, until you're dead. Um, but if your follow-up skills are not, I mean, Hey, if you, you know, if you hop on a mojo dialer and you do it for 10 hours a day, I mean, eventually you're going to find the one where you can go in and list their property that night. Um, but mostly it's going to take you a few, you know? Um, and it's, I mean, we're, we did a thing with Peter Persetto, um, you know, in COVID, we were having kind of people come in and jump on our Zoom calls. And he said something that stuck out to me big time was, you know, it's a lot of people say, well, how did that person get that listing? And, and that's the wrong question. It should be, when did that person build that relationship? Mm -hmm. So it's constantly adding value, um, value where the people find value. So a lot of people are trying to offer you a fork, but really all you want is a spoon. So if you never ask them, you know, what kind of utensil do you want? And you're just like, 
how about this spoon? You want this spoon? You want this spoon? Uh, no, I just want a fork. Um, so it's, it's asking those questions to see how can you add value to people to make sure that you're adding it the right way. Because if you're giving somebody property values, but they don't want that, you're just kind of pissing them off, right? Because you haven't taken the time to really figure out what it is that they want. So uh, getting back to efficiency, I think maybe that's what I do that's a little bit different than people is, is I really try to find out how, you know, how can I help you and what's going to be the most beneficial. And I'll even do that before an appointment. I'll say, hey, Mike, how's, how can I make this appointment a 10 out of 10 for you? What are you hoping to get out of this appointment that um, is going to send you away with a huge smile and provide the most amount of value for you? What are you hoping to find out today? And then the appointment's easy. They, they will tell you what they want to learn and you just teach them what they want to learn. Um, and then with that, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty, not simple, but I mean, it's, it, it trims a lot of the fat off and guesswork, right? If you just ask somebody. For sure. <laughs> Great question. I, I think it comes down. It's like the motivation. The motivation is the biggest thing in this business. If you don't know the motivation of someone, how can you get them to their ultimate goal? And at the same time, like you said, how can you build that relationship if you don't even know what the person wants? Totally. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. I, I want to go backwards just a bit. We'll come back to a few of these things, but I, I want to understand for you, Justin, like going from working with Canada Post, doing music, like obviously teaching guitar and all of that. Um, what was it that brought you to real estate? And what was the path that yeah. kind of brought you here today? Yeah, great question. Um, so I had a good friend of mine. I'll plug him, uh, Paul Peterson. He's actually a realtor uh, in Toronto. And him, he's a childhood friend of mine. I've known him since we were, you know, five years old. Played hockey in Thunder Bay together, went to high school together. We have traveled the world together. Um, and uh, he ended up in Toronto. And he, uh, he worked for, for Sportsnet for a number of years and just wanted something, had a bigger vision for his life. And got into real estate and uh, he was doing very well. And I was at the point where I was kind of looking to do something as well. You know, so I had a bigger vision for myself. I was like, there's got, I got, I have more to give <laughs> the world than I think what I'm doing, you know, and I just don't know what that is. And he, every time we would get together, he would say, Swick, you, you know, you're, you have, like, you would make, you should look into this. You would be awesome. You know, like people genuinely like you uh most of the time and and you know it's you're an easy guy to get along with and you you already have a skill set that would lend itself so well to it you should look into this and it just for me i was like real estate like really i'm gonna have to wear a suit to work like come on um and then eventually he just signed me up for the orea uh thing in in hamilton and was like hey there's this thing going on just go there it's happening at this time. Go there and check it out. Uh, and I did. And I came back and was like, you know what? I really like what they had to say. And, and I, you know, I chatted with my wife and said, you know what? Maybe this is something I, I look at. So I asked him a few more questions and he was there for support and, and, uh, and said, I think this is a great move for you guys. And, and uh, yeah, so basically started writing my exams and, and passed them all. And yeah, way, way I went. 
Um, so earlier you talked about um, how, how you were working in real estate part-time while trying to juggle all these other balls in there and you're, you're wearing many different hats. Now, obviously you had that mindset shift that said, you know, like I have to focus on one thing if I want to become really good at it. For you, what kind of other mindset shifts have you had throughout your career that landed you here today? Like what other big pivotal moments have you had? Oh man, everything. Like I feel like in in my time in real estate is is um, it's almost like I had nothing, 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 and then at thirty five, it was just like eh, like this way almost. You know what I mean? There's so many changes. Uh, one being around a guy like Chris every day is is huge. Um, so he's been a huge, huge uh, mentor and influence. And, and accountability partner and everything. Um, so, yeah, I mean, learning humility, uh, learning uh, about ego and where that shows up and, and that it's not just the, you know, traditional sense of what you think um, an ego uh, maniac is and learning about that and understanding, um, holy shit, that's me that's totally me. Like my ego has prevented me from doing so many things. Um, and learning how to just kind of strip those layers back and, and, um, be open to, be open to other ideas, you know, and the crazier ones now where my instant thought is, well, that's, that'll probably not work for me now, right away. As soon as I get that thought, I'm like, that one, I got to go and check out what that one is for sure. Because anytime that I've done that, it's been like, holy, like there's a whole other thing over here that I had no idea about. Um, now I need to go and check out all this stuff. So, you know, being, um, taking bold for me, um, you know, the first time was like mind-blowingly uh, incredible. Um, all of that stuff when it's new to you. And then I think the second time was like the one where it, when Peter Persetto, uh, the were you, were you in that one, Mike? So I, uh, I went to the first day Sandy brought me along, but I wasn't licensed. Yeah. Okay. So mm. that one for me was like, I had some huge, huge, huge shifts in my mindset that was the one where uh, that bold, uh, the financial thermostat, that exercise in bold, that was the one where I did that one with purpose. And that kind of was a huge change for me, um, dialing into that. Um, yeah, like just to, I mean, everything. You know, I think just getting into the Keller Williams uh, culture, and um, I know we're all Keller Williams agents here. I'm sure that you've had other agents on, but um you know, drinking that purple Kool-Aid, but, uh, it's so true. And, you know, when I talk to people that are thinking about Keller Williams, I'm like, listen, I am the biggest skeptic of all skeptics. Um, and I put my ego aside and said to myself, you know what, if this is working for these people, I need to see what this is about, you know, instead of, uh, the other way that I used to do it, which would sit back and be like, well, I could do that if I wanted to, but I don't want to, but then secretly being jealous or, and of everybody that had things or was 
achieving things, right? And not, not have things. I've never been, you know, terribly uh, materialistic, but, you know, achieving these things um, and then forming this resentment and getting that. Have you guys ever read the, um, the, uh, that can't hurt me? Can't hurt uh, me. Dan Dan yeah. Where he talks about the callous mind where he says, well, you got to be careful. He's, if you listen to the audio, he does a little podcast in between. He talks about, you know, you got to be careful because that callous mind, it can hurt you too, right? Because you can callous your mind in the other way and it can actually play against you. And I think I did a lot of that as well. So coming into Keller Williams and, and just letting letting my, my guard down and just embracing all of the things. And then instead of being skeptical of somebody trying to help me, like accepting their help and asking them questions and, and instead of uh, holding resentment, saying like, hey, how do you do that? And can you show me, you know, can you show me how you did that? Cause I'd like to know. And I don't know. I don't know how to do that right now. Um, like, you know, just as simple as that has been super powerful. Mm. Yeah. I remember it wasn't that long ago that you were very, both of us were very skeptical about training like bolt. And we would make, there's a video we make fun of together in bolt. Is that- um, <laughs> what's that? Which one? Yeah, the enthusiastic video. Oh, buddy, yeah. Yeah, well, there's some still some stuff. And, like, listen, even with all that, I can still take the piss out of things and still enjoy it at the same time, right? Like, I think, like, even since I met you, you're, you've become far more open-minded about all the training this company has to offer. Sure. I'm the same way. Like, I, I came from corporate I fully bought into what our team offered, but I had zero interest in learning anything about Keller Williams. Keller, Keller Williams was this big corporation and yeah. that's what I left. I want to know part of it. Um, yeah. but that's, that's changed. And there's so much value. You just have to have an open mind about it. Totally. And there's a lot of it too, right? And I think it's understanding like not everything's going to work for, for you, you know, because there has been things that I've taken and, you know, they have great intentions, but they don't resonate, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's things that you take, like coaching skills camp, like blew my mind apart, like just was like crazy. And that was the last one I think that Diana is going to teach ever. And I was so grateful to be a part of that. Um, and it was incredible. It was that hit me kind of like how bold hit me the first couple of times. You mm-hmm. know? Um and so I think that, you know, the, the, the bold is, you know, something that you should do when, you know, it's, you got to take it a few times to kind of get there. And then, I mean, I know there's guys that have like, I've taken bold 190 times and it's like, that's cool. Like, I don't know if I need to do that though or not. I think now I'd like to check out other things that are interesting to me, you know, uh, NLP mm-hmm. is something that, uh, you know, I, I really find interesting. I think that that resonates more with me a lot of, cause I mean, like eventually you don't need to be told how to make a uh, cold call. Right. Yeah. Like like you know how to do that. Um, But it's the next layer under that is, you know, the neuro linguistic part of it is like, what kind of thing now, how can you shape your cold call to make sure that it's the most efficient for you? You know, Mm -hmm. that you don't have to make a thousand of them. Maybe you only got to make a hundred of them and you can gain the same result. So it's just, you know, working on your skills. So that all that kind of stuff is skill, right? Like you can always learn, you can always learn more about people 
people are crazy. Like we're crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we are. Like people are absolutely insane, and I love it. It's great. I'm too. Me too. Like I'm nuts. Um, it's uh, you know we all have little quirks, and we all have a we all have a story that we're telling ourselves, and we all have a, a you know we all have experiences that lend themselves to the way that you operate and and there's no two people alike you know there's similarities but there's no, nobody the exact same which is keeps this job so interesting to me you know what i mean super interesting all every day anytime you get to pick up the phone and talk to somebody and somebody that you haven't met like how cool is that <laughs> it is cool right Billions of us out there, so right. never-ending supply of people to talk to, right? Right. Now, like you mentioned earlier, too, like you love people. You don't necessarily love houses. You love people. And now you're in a role within your team that's taking on leadership. Yep. Well, can you talk a little bit about that and how that's helped you develop yourself as a leader? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's so um, – my role now is – I mean, I'm, I'm still doing transactions. Mm-hmm. Um so that's still a part of it, but I have taken on a leadership role here on the team. So I think my official title is the VP of buyer sales. Um, you know, fancy, right? <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's great. I, I mean, I'm, again, I'm, I'm so fortunate to be around people that are willing to want to learn, you know, and um and open to being coached um and i learned so much from them too you know so um so yeah i mean it's uh basically i'm just helping them get to to their goals my my overall goal is to get my team all of them to make everything that i've done in the business so far which compared to some people like like it hasn't been you know it's I appreciate, you know what I mean? It, it but it's it hasn't been a, a terrible amount, right? Compared like some people are really, you know, they're really killing it. So, but I mean my goal is to get everybody on my team to absolutely obliterate everything that I've been able to do and, you know, have them just smash all of that stuff and and everybody. So, everybody is right now on their way to achieving their goals, which is awesome. I took the position in uh, April 1st, which was a super awesome time to take a new role um, <laughs> right in the heart of COVID when things were absolutely insane. Um, and uh, yeah, we had the conversation like, hey, is this something that we do? And I was like, you know what? Let's do it. Because it's like, whatever. It's never going to get any more weird than this, I guess. I mean, I guess it could, but um so yeah, it's it's been great. The team's been uh, the team's been awesome and and always learning, man. Now there's a whole other thing to do. I mean, I, I kind of I guess I've always kind of led maybe by example and and you know, but I've never put a lot of focus into learning about what a true proper leader does. Um and uh so yeah, so I mean, my coaching now is is like with my coach uh, Marianne Gillespie, shout out to her. She's incredible. We all know who she is, I think. Um, so basically she coaches me on how to coach the team. And it's like, it's the coolest thing ever. I really love it. Um, 
So it's, I mean, yeah, I mean, five, six years ago, if somebody would have said that's what's going to be happening, you know, that would have been laughable to me then, you know, at that time. But here's the thing. I mean, with, it's crazy because there's, I've brought other musicians into, into the brokerage. Um, Adam Cook, I chatted with him a lot before he came over to Keller Williams and uh, Aaron D'Alessio is on my team, you know, a great musician in, in Hamilton and did a lot of great things and, and, you know, was the most accomplished musician. I think that I just toured the world and put out a bunch of records and they kind of reached out to me and it, it's something about musicians. I think that have this, the, this skill set because if you're the person in the band that was, running the band you I was running a business when I was playing in a band and I didn't know that I was right like I was the guy that got all the gigs I was the guy that managed the relationships with the bar owners um I was the guy that paid out the band I was you know what I mean it was you know I'm in most of the bands I wrote all the music I, you know what I mean I I ran the entire business so when I got into real estate I was like this is this is being a musician, except I don't have to play the gig at the end of it and the pay's a little bit better. So, um, so yeah, I mean, anybody that's, uh, that's kind of come over, they, they kind of have that skill set. So it's, um, yeah. So Aaron's one of them. And, and so now I get to learn actually how to be a, a, a good leader and, and um, be purposeful with that. So it's, I'm having a great time having a great time learning about that. And it's helped me be a better, man, it's helped me be a better agent. It's helped me be a better father. It's helped me be a better husband. It's helped me be a better friend. Um, it's, it's this, the whole industry has helped me do that. So this is just another facet of it. It's wonderful. What are, what are some of the things you're doing specifically to learn about leadership? Um, well, coaching, uh, with Marianne, uh, you know, she's, we all know how she operates and, and stuff like that. So she's, is a master in my opinion at everything. Um, and I'm so fortunate to have, you know, time with her every week. So coaching is, is definitely one of them. Uh, reading, you know, just choosing what, uh, you know, instead of listening to comedy podcasts and, and you know what I mean? You're, you know, I'm listening to, to leadership podcasts, you know, and, uh, you know, reading books and, and, you know, co-active coaching. I'm sure Mike, you read that as well. Um, it's a great one. Like that's like a Bible, you know, you can, there's so much information in that that you can continually go back to. Um, it's just, uh, it's incredible. Um, and, talking with talking with other leaders you know and talking with chris and um i think it's i think learning about that i've been able to actually you know i mean you'd have to you'd have to talk with him to see but i mean i I think we're you know i'm able chris and i are very similar in some ways but we're very different in in a lot of ways as well so i I think we complement each other you know pretty pretty well as you know also it's um kind of showing him a little bit more of the softer side sometimes. And he's kind of there to, to show me that I need to, you know, be a little bit harder as well. So it, you know, it's good. Um, <laughs> so I actually do have a question for you, Justin. That was a very nice speech. And I was actually kind of like speechless there. Um, 
for you, what is kind of your next step? Do you have that next vision in mind for yourself? Like you're the VP of sales right now. Where, where do you see yourself going after this? Huh. That's a great question. Um, I've been so focused in, uh, on, on this. Um, my, I mean, my, my next, the, the goal with this is to get out of, uh, out of transactions and, you know, run an entire team and only be the coach, you know, be the coach and onboarding people and, and recruiting people for the team. Um, so that's definitely the next step. Um, you know, when that will be, you know, I don't know. We're, we're always kind of looking for the right people. We just, uh, we just hired somebody new. Um, actually we hired two people. Uh, one guy ended up, um, he had a job offer during, during COVID that kind of was shelved. And then, um, you know, they, they kind of came back to him in commercial real estate. So he went that way. So we're dealing with one new hire right now. So I'm working with Chris on, uh, on kind of, you know, carrying out our onboarding system that Chris has built and so far so good. We got a guy in here on Monday. He uh, added some people to the database on Tuesday and on Wednesday he signed a BRA and uh, yesterday he put in an offer and today he's working on signbacks. So it's like pretty incredible. I'm like, where the hell was this system when I started, you know? The system when I started was here's a laptop, figure it out kind of thing, right? So it's but it's incredible to be able to provide um, someone with the right tools, you know, and and the the guidance in order to to get something like that. Also, the benefit of being on a team, like I never would have been able to navigate that as a solo agent. I just I wouldn't have been able to see that path mm. when you're around people that can and they can show you you start to see it. I think to expedite your, you know, your progress and your achievements, being on a team of professionals and the right people, um, it can help you, you know, for sure. Yeah. I think uh, the path you've taken or the path I've taken, it is very different than what some people have done in the past. I don't know about you, but I would never set up, a team of my own. I would never build the systems that Chris has built or Sandy's built. Me neither. Um, but if you can enter their world and excel within their world, you, you can start a team within their organization. And yeah, totally. A lot of the work has already been. I feel it's already been done for me. Yeah. Um, and I mean, with like, I love Chris because he. Well, for a number of reasons, but the one thing that I really love about him is he is a he's a doer. He's an instant doer. He doesn't think about it. He just does it. And I'm an idea guy. So like I'll come up with a crazy idea. And before I can even think about it, it's like, it's already in and there's a Facebook event for it. And it's like, people are invited and he's got the admin staff doing up the, you know what I mean? The, the promo material. And it's like, so we did a, um, we did a hockey, um, like a hockey thing for charity um, earlier in the year. And I came back after Christmas because I had played, uh, I had played with a bunch of posties for years and, and they always play on new year's day. And, um, and I hadn't been playing with them. So they reached out, they needed a goalie. They said, Hey, if you know any guys, 
you know, we're, we're kind of light on guys. We need some guys. So I just threw out a simple social media post. Hey, who wants to play hockey tomorrow at X time? And I had so many people reach out to me, past clients, other realtors, vendors. And like the, the response was alarming. I was like, Chris, you and I, we both play hockey. Like Chris played at a much higher level than I did. I'm like, why don't we do this as a, as a thing for our clients? And, you know, and then we, so before, like, this was like at 10 o'clock in the morning by like 1035, we've got a Stanley cup ordered. We've got the ice time book. We've got the referees booked. We've got um, all the promotional material. We've got uh, sponsors. We've got a beer sponsor. We've got, you know, like, it's crazy. And like literally in less than an hour, this whole event is in. Cause he just, he's like, that's a great idea. Gets on the phone. Boom, 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 boom. And it's going. Whereas like, if that was left to me, I'd still be here planning. <laughs> and it would never happen. Like, I'd be like, well, we got to get the teams together. And then what happens if this, and what happens if that? And Chris just like, he goes right to it, which is on the event was incredible. And it was a huge success. And so many people enjoyed it. And it was such a great thing to share with, uh, I mean, we do a lot of business with people that play hockey and, and know that we play hockey too. So it was a great thing to share something that we all love together. You know what I mean? Outside of real estate and also be able to provide this, this awesome event for people that was interactive that we, you know, that we got to, uh, to experience and have fun with too. Um, and my only regret was playing two games back to back because Chris knows a lot of people that are really good at hockey. And like, as soon as the puck dropped, the speed of the first game was like, I haven't played hockey that fast, like maybe ever. Um, so it was very challenging. So it was fun. So uh, unfortunately with COVID, I mean, we, our plan was to do it again. And uh, we were going to do it twice a year. We were going to do it once at Thanksgiving. And once uh, around Easter. So we'll see. I mean, the Thanksgiving one's probably a wash. And Easter, I mean, who knows? It sounds like this whole year for recreational hockey might be, uh, might be difficult. But. Mm -hmm. but yeah. Yeah, so last question for you. We, we tend to ask everyone this question. Who, who do you know that we should know that would be willing to come on this podcast? <clears throat> Ooh. You can't say Chris either. He's already been on. No, no, I know. I'm going to hurt your feelings with this one. You can't say Daniela either. She's, you know, she's already been on. Or Marianne. She was already on it. Too. Was she? Yeah. Um, who, uh, only realtors? I do. Yeah. Anyone that's like in sales. Think big too. I know your buddies with uh, Pete. Oh, who? Prosetto? Yeah. Get him going. Okay, yeah, you'll send us the uh, the contact info as soon as you sign off. Mike, he was my coach. I can reach oh, out. I didn't even know that. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I'll reach out yeah. to him. There That's we go. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. What about Diana? Get her going. Uh, yeah, Diana. Uh, I know Chris has Diana's contact info. Yeah. She is like, she hopped on a Zoom call with us one day. So... She was like, when you join Keller Williams, that's all you hear about, right? Diana says this and Diana is that. And Diana is, and in my head, I'm going like, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. 
and then you get in a room with her coaching skills camp absolutely changed my life and she's such a powerful person and she can like she gives you the chills sometimes it's so awesome uh if she hopped on a zoom call with us and it was like for just because she's a good person you know like there was no like we didn't have to pay her or anything like that and she did her thing and like it was incredible um she is an absolute powerhouse and and again like so humble like when i talked to her coaching skills camp i'm like you know thank you for everything that you've provided it's changed my life and my family's life and she just you know she's like i didn't change anything she's like you changed it you did all that stuff it's just like <laughs> happy duty right um she's wicked yeah so yeah that's awesome so you give us two great referrals appreciate it um, Thank i'm you. sure you've heard of them before but locally i mean there's a lot of great a lot of great people golfy have you had him on yeah. 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 There you go. What about Sandy? Get him going. You know. We just did. Uh, we just did Sandy. What about Kate? No, no, I need to do Kate. Kate's a gangster. Get her on there. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, guys. Hey, thank you. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you so much, man. Hopefully, there's something awesome. there for somebody. I. Like I, I, uh, I already added something to, to my prequel. It's what you said. Um, what's, what do I need to do on our appointment to make it a 10 out of 10 for you? Yeah. But that's something I'm, I'm going to be using going forward. It's an easy one. Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> yeah. You look like a champ. Awesome, buddy. Well, thank you so much for your hey, time. Guys. We uh, really appreciate it. No we'll worries. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. All the best, guys.